Welcome to When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. You're about to enjoy a nice episode with Matty Ice from the Sports Ball Mania podcast and myself discuss our top 10 men and women's wrestlers since we started watching the business. Both of us started about 15 years apart. So both of our lists are different. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy this episode. Any feedback is great. Hope you all thoroughly enjoy When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. Alrighty, welcome to When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. Today I'm joined by Matty Ice. What is up? Sportsball Mania podcast. Yeah, We're going to discuss today our top 10 men and women wrestlers from when we started watching. So it's not our all-time list. It is from when we started. I was mid-90s, late-90s. And Matt, when did you start watching? It was 2010 with my roommate, uh, Josh Davis, of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, which you can catch on any podcast platform. Very nice. I didn't know he did one. Yeah, he knows. I'm not not surprised, though. No, he's got the voice for radio, but he has the face for the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we got the faces for radio. Yes, as Jerry Lawler would proudly put it. A face only a fist could love. <laughs> so some of our list, I mean, most of mine is WWE guys, but that's what I grew up watching. And same thing with the women. Pretty much, well, the women are all WWE stars. And they went on and did other things to make them stars. But we'll talk about that when we get to the women's list. So I have something to tell you. I only did a top five women's. Okay. I did not do ten because I could not think of ten because the period of time between – 2010 and probably 2015-16, the Divas division, as it was called, was... Was a joke. Yes, it was god-awful. Yeah, most... The only people I could think of would be, like, Caitlyn and... And she wasn't even in the business for very long. No. She's independent now, so... There was was rumors she was going to be brought back, and she was for the May Young Classic, and that was it. Now, I've got a couple modern ones I'll put on that, ask the quote, quotations, modern. But I don't have any of the current females. Oh, mine's pretty well, much mine, I, current. I have, I have one. So, did you know Charlotte Flair has nine title belts already? I thought nine, it was, I thought it was On the main close. roster. I thought the main roster. That. that is absolutely insane. Yeah, that's pretty much it because of the last name. Yep. All right, so we're going to start off with the men. So we'll leave the women for the main event. So who is your number 10 on your top 10 men's wrestlers to the time you started? Number 10 is a three-way tie because I couldn't put these guys above or below. So it's kind of the same. So I want to start off with Kane at number 10. Nice, nice. Good old Mayor Jacobs. Yep. Shout out to Knox County, Tennessee. <laughs> Mostly because of his contributions with Team Hell No and some other things that he did outside of burying Zach Ryder, which <laughs> we can go yeah. down that in a different story. And the next one, it pains me I can't put him up any higher, but Edge. Okay. His career got cut a little short, which is now miraculously back. I guess next, just heal. Um oh. Medical field is incredible. That's very true. And when you have the money, anything's possible. Absolutely correct. So it kind of pains me I can't put him any higher on this list. 
But I think 10 is a good spot because, I mean, he kind of ended in 14, 15-ish. And number 10 for sure is Seamus. Ooh, nice. Because I remember when he first came out, you know, everyone thought his theme song said Lobster Head instead of Lobster Head. (laughs) And, you know, and the feud with him and Daniel Bryan, even though it got stale, I mean, very stale, you know, and he just now said the first 10 years of his career were just, you know, his resting period, which I don't know what he plans on doing because he's just getting older. (laughs) Hey, I don't know what he's going to do now. He's fighting Shorty G. Yeah, he needs to he needs to put he needs to go away for a while and come back. Like you know yeah, when, and, when he first came back and he had like the the braided beard. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, and the fans chanted, "You look stupid." Yes, and, the, <laughs> and it was like the fifteen inch tall mohawk all the way around too. God, that was ridiculous. His matches with Cesaro when he came back were phenomenal, and then they put him together as a tag team. And I love Cesaro. He's not on my top ten list because he hasn't done anything. And it's not because of his ability. It's because of he hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I had number ten. I have a four-way tie. Oh, nice. I could not separate any of these. And two of these guys should probably be a lot higher on my list, but they're not. I started off with Kurt Angle. Oh, okay. Because not only did Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle did all this stuff with a broken neck. A broken friggin' neck. Yes. <laughs> He went to TNA and continued to dominate there. At one point, he held every title in TNA but the women's. Oh, I'm shocked. At one, at, on. one, at one time. Oh, all at once. Yeah, it was crazy. My next one was AJ Styles. Okay. Because his work in TNA was absolutely phenomenal. He went over to New Japan, reinvented himself as part of the breakoff of the Bullet Club. And now see what he's done when he came in. I remember watching the Royal Rumble. And his music hit, and my buddy and I looked at each other and go, who the crap's music is that? And, of course, you know, the camera work for WWE, all we got was Roman Reigns' face. Yep. And But when we figured out who it was, every one of us marked out. I had never seen AJ outside of TNA fight, but I was so excited that he was finally in the company. Next up is the game, Triple H. I have not number 10. Okay. Just because, and I can't get over the fact that the last, let's say, eight or nine years, he's fought like Taker's schedule. He's won two or three world titles in that time when he didn't need to. No, he doesn't need to win anymore. He inserted himself into feuds that made no sense, like with Sting. His That match made no sense. It was just for Vince to put over WWE again. We'll talk more about that one later on in my yeah. list. It just That one bugged me. And next up is his partner in DX, HBK, in a four-way tie at number ten for me. I mean, because he did the same that he took. He got he, his career ended the hands of the Undertaker, and he was gone for a good chunk of my childhood. Yeah, before you know, he came back, and then you know Jericho destroyed his eye through the yeah. Jericho Five Thousand and all yep. that. But you know, he. I mean, he he he's a great performer. An amazing performer. I mean, I think even today, he could still bring it. Yeah, I don't think he wants to anymore. No, he shouldn't. As, as, <laughs> as we saw from that match in Saudi Arabia last year. Yeah. That was just, uh, I was hollow shell of four stars. But it should never have happened. Most of those matches in Saudi Arabia last year should have never happened. 
Period. And shock of all shock, Triple H put himself over once again. Oh, <gasps> color me shocked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you have to take go out of your way to put yourself over the Brothers of Destruction, something. I mean, come on, something sad. Absolutely. All right, let's go to number nine on your list. Number nine, I have the Miz. Okay. Mostly due to his championship run, it wasn't very stellar, but you know he beat John Cena for the title, and he even got to defend it at WrestleMania and beat Cena. To retain the title, but of course, you know, the Cena and Rock whole, whole thing happened, which kind of put him to the side for a while. And then you had Alex Riley that was there with him. And yep. they had a feud, and it was not very good. No, that's why one of them's not in the company. Exactly. And The Miz is just, he is the best talker in WWE currently. Correct. And I mean, we'll get to another talker, actually, a few more talkers on this list here soon, but. I just think that the 2010s, his his Intercontinental Championship reign alone itself, the last decade, should be. That's why he's at number nine. All right. My number nine is someone who is probably the most underrated star in the history of wrestling, just in general, not just the WWE, Mick Foley. Yeah. I, I mean, agree with that statement. That man has been dude love, mankind, cactus jack, all in one rumble. <laughs> yeah. His his match at WrestleMania with trip with sorry, the Royal Rumble with Triple H, the street fight with as it was Cactus Jack was one of the best matches I've ever watched. He not only reinvented himself in New Japan, ECW, WCW, WWE, thanks to his body, the Monday Night Wars ended. When Taker threw him off the Hell in a Cell, Jericho even said, we were backstage, WCW go, it's over. There's no reason. He goes, we're done. Yeah, I mean, that was like the pinnacle. As soon as that happened, and you know this, Undertaker was even reluctant to do so. Correct. He asked him, Mick, are you sure? Yeah, throw me. (sighs) Did you know when he chokeslammed him through the cell, the cell was not supposed to break? I didn't know that. It was. That's why Undertaker's like, hmm? Correct. It was not supposed to break because it, Mick was supposed to just hit the top and then take the pin there. And I listened to Kane on the Broken Skull Sessions, and he goes, we all thought backstage, Mick is dead. And he got up and finished the match. That man put his body on the line so many times and then continued to put guys over. Look what he did for Randy Orton. Yeah, big look time for he, Randy Orton. Look what he did for Edge. I mean, if you want to look at Mick Foley, all you have to look at is the 15 chair shots from The Rock. Absolutely. While handcuffed. Yes. And it's like, that's more, probably one of the most brutal matches The Rock's probably ever been a part of. Yeah, and I think he absolutely regrets it. If Mick Foley doesn't have CTE, I'll be incredibly shocked. Mick Foley has something. I mean, he's even said he's going to donate his brain to science when he dies, and I want to see that report. Yeah, because I don't know if it's going to be messed up, if it's going to be... You know it's got to be like Swiss cheese. <laughs> it's Yeah, <laughs> that's so. the best way to describe it. All right, who's your number eight? Number eight is Y2J, Chris Jericho. I know for the parts of 2010, he was, like, from 2010 on, he was kind of gone, kind of here, kind of there. 
you know, even when he went to New Japan. Yep. But I'm more talking about the times he was there with the Chris Jericho and CM Punk feud, the best in the world versus the best in the world. I don't think you could get – that was a really good feud, I thought, because Jericho brought up, you know, Punk's past with his father being an alcoholic. And I still remember to this day him throwing that bottle of Jack Daniels at CM Punk's head, and it just – Blashed them everywhere. Correct. It wasn't supposed to. wasn't supposed to burst. No, but it did. And you know that feud was just really good. And what Chris Jericho has done, and I'm not even talking about AEW and all that. Yeah. But reinventing himself. Correct. Over and over and over again. Yeah, his AEW run. He kind of looks like the hipster grandpa. Unfortunately, a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's like that old man who's never had kids. And rocked out in the penthouse with college students. But however, the real Chris Jericho has <laughs> kids. Correct. And a family. He he is the first ever undisputed champion. He is. The, yes, he is. He beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night, which was never happens. Never <laughs> happens. I mean, those were the two biggest stars at the time. This WCW kid comes in. Save us, Y2J. And yep. Comes in and becomes the first undisputed champion ever. Absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I think that's why Chris Jericho, he probably should be higher on this list, but I think eight's a good spot. Well, my number eight is the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, Kane. Okay. Just because, I mean, when he, of course, he was Dr. Isaac Yankum, fake diesel. <laughs> he was the Christmas creature in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Now, I remember the first podcast we did, you were, you were like, guys, we need to look that up. I did. Correct. That, that is the thing of nightmares. Yes. Yes, it is. He's a mad Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I found an interesting stat. You know, Kane has the most pay-per-view matches than any other superstar in history. Really? By one match. By one. Who's, Over the Undertaker. I was going to say, who's second, so. Taker. But I would have never guessed Kane would have had the most pay-per-view matches of all time. No. But, I mean, this guy, when he first entered the business, I mean, I say enter, as Kane, that phrase Vince McMahon uttered is still uttered to the day, and it's still, is that's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. I mean, he just yelled it over and over. But I mean, Kane was so phenomenal. He was the perfect opponent for the Undertaker. Yep. And I mean, when he first came out, I forget what the pay per view was called. I think it was like Bad Blood. House. Bad Blood. Okay. Maybe it was and in just, your house. That's one of one of those. Yeah. And he just rips the cell door off. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. This man he, actually might be able, and he actually stands toe to toe with correct. Undertaker. Absolutely. All right, who's your number seven? Number seven might surprise surprise me when I threw it down, but as a collective group, I put the Shield. Are you me? <laughs> as you hear pork chop in the background. Um. <laughs> That's saying in the podcast. <laughs> so, I put the shield. <laughs> I put the shield at number seven because of one each, not only what they did collectively, but what they have done outside of the shield. Yeah, outside of John Moxley, which we're not going to talk about really on this. 
because even though he's part of the Shield, you know, he's with AEW and he's on like 16 feuds over there. Yeah. And I just think all three of them as a whole, if they came in, if they came in individually, the only person we would know right now is Roman Reigns. You're correct. Absolutely. Seth Rollins would have never worked out. Yeah. There would be no Seth Rollins. There would be. He didn't. Rollins would be the second coming of Y2J. Yep. And no one wanted that. No. And then Dean Ambrose, he would just been, you know, probably a Justin Gabriel, like when the Nexus came in. Yep. Or a Mick Mick Foley type. Just put your body on the line for nothing. Yep. So, go ahead. And I just think, you know, collectively, the Shield, what they did in the tag team division, all the all the feuds and their solo careers pin them on together at number seven. I mean, they're all three grand slam champions. Really? All of them. Yeah. Hmm. That's just incredible. My number seven was Y2J. Okay. I remember that pop when he interrupted the great one, the rock in his first ever appearance. The pop was huge. It was instant made star. And he never looked back. Never looked back. No. And I, I'm, and even still, when he would make surprise appearances, the crowd would go nuts. And I don't think we've seen the last of him ever in WWE either. No, I AEW is just a stint. Yeah, they're gonna. Uh, we'll talk about them on another podcast. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, we've talked a lot about Jericho. But I said I think he's right now. He's reinvented himself so many times. He'll be back. Who's your number six? All right, number six is another, <laughs> all all of them together, the New Day. Okay. But because I saw Kofi Kingston from 2010 on, the Boom Squad, you know, his yep. run on SmackDown, thanks for the United States Championship, like when he was still, you know, had the Rasta effect. Correct. He may. And then Biggie Langston. The only thing I remember him before New Day was him bench pressing contest with Ryback. Correct. That's the only thing I remember. And then, you know, Xavier Woods, he would not be known right now if it wasn't for the New Day. Oh, no. I mean, he was a failed TNA gimmick. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. He was Consequences Creed. Ugh. I, didn't, I did not remember his name. Essentially, it was Apollo Creed. Oh, well, that's dumb. Yeah. So, my number six, are you done? Are you good with the New Day? Yeah. My number six is John Cena. Okay. He is number six on my list. You do have a lot more years. Yeah, I do. Not not many before he showed up, but I do. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I don't get to count Dr. Thugonomics. You do. Yeah. So. But they talk, John Cena, he's... He's tied for the most – I mean, in my mind, he is the record holder for the world title in WWE. It's not Ric Flair. Ric Flair didn't win 16 belts in WWE. John Cena no. has. So, right now, in my mind, he is the record holder, contrary to popular belief. But and he, what he's done is just absolutely incredible. His main events have been good. I mean, he, he went from – if you go watch the Ruthless, Ruthless Aggression era – it is John Cena. That's all it is. Without Cena, that era never works. And I don't know if WWE <clears throat> kind of survives until – I mean, they'll survive, but I'm talking about having a little bit of a more push going Correct. into the 2010s. 
Correct. Cena helped them boost the company even more. And, I mean, people still want – they still pop when his music hits, even now. I mean, and even if he can't – like, he's going to – like, he think he came back. Yeah. And <clears throat> you're still going to get that Cena sucks, Cena rules. Correct. Just like Kurt Angle did. Mm-hmm. All right, who's your number five? Number five is actually the first guy I started liking when I started watching in 2010. Not just because he was the WWE champion at the time, but just because his skill set and his ruthless aggression, I guess. That's Randy Orton. Okay. This is when he started the face punt. Yep. Which was awesome. And I remember just playing the WWE games with, again, Josh. And... Just picking Randy Orton and trying to destroy people with him. And it was really fun. And when he used to, like, one of his six removes used to be where he stomps on all the joints, like the wrists and the ankles. Yep. I don't know whatever the heck happened with that. I do like the, I do like the second rope DDT, but, (laughs) but I just think that Randy Orton, even though he had a little bit of a face turn last decade, which didn't last very long because he's a terrible face. Correct. <clears throat> He's probably one of the best heels WWE's ever had. Absolutely true. And I mean, he's been around for such a long time. I mean, he's been a legend killer. That was his gimmick. He had a T-shirt that had the list of legends he had killed. How many guys would actually would that work with? One. Him. Yeah. So my number five is no longer with us on this earth. I went with Eddie Guerrero. Okay. I mean, his when he finally got the title, it was a huge, huge fiesta. I'm going to go a little Spanish flair with that one. But, I mean, there was no one better in the business. I remember Latino Heat. I remember when he showed up with the Radicals. Eddie Guerrero was one of the hardest workers ever. That's putting it. Lotly, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't remember if he, him taking time off unless he was hurt. Yeah, and even he, when he was hurt a lot, he fought. Yeah, he lived and breathed that WWE lifestyle. Absolutely. And I don't. I mean, this is as high as I could put Eddie, but I think he's he's very underrated as a superstar. <clears throat> I think if he was still alive and with us, he'd be higher on your list for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think had he not passed away, he'd have been. A lot higher or a lot more titles than John Cena. Yes. Because he was it. I don't think you see Rey Mysterio ever get a belt if he doesn't die. I don't think Rey Mysterio lasts in the company if Eddie's still around. Because, unfortunately, that's the platform they use to give Rey the belt at WrestleMania. Yeah. Right, unfortunately. Your, yeah, unfortunately. That was, that's what burns it for me. Who's your number four? Number four is <laughs> John Cena. Very nice. Uh, just because Cena's four, because I think there's three other superstars who have helped the company more and helped re-envision themselves more than John Cena. John Cena had Dr. Thumbagnomics. And then once 2010, I think it was more like 9, 10, 11 rolled around, he was more catering as the face. He was the, the child's hero. Yes, pretty much. And I know he does amazing things with Make a Wish. I mean, it be the most most granted ever. And you know his like you said his title wins. And I don't think we've seen the last of him in WWE. I know he's trying to no. be like Dwayne. He, he's I think he's due back next week, maybe. 
Well, I mean, like on SmackDown. I mean, actually competing, not full time. Yes, I think. I mean, he's coming back next week to it. I guess a challenge is WrestleMania opponent, but he's not going to be back full time. No, he's only there to promote Fast Nine. Yep, we all know that, and he's going to be gone. And I think as soon as he might have another pull like The Rock did, but I don't know. I just think we haven't seen the last of Cena. I think he might win one more championship. Just to integrate himself as the yeah, record holder. Yeah, to go one more over. I'm just hoping it's it's not going to be at the the Fiend's expense. I don't think it will. I think it'll be at someone else's expense that can't afford the loss. Yeah. All right, what so, about your number four? My number four is Sting. Ooh. He's the only non – well, I say non. He fought two matches, three matches. But Sting – Sting is the face of WCW. And I mean, what what match have has people been wanting to see for the last twenty five years? Undertaker and Sting. Absolutely, that's the only one. I don't want to see Stone Cold versus Goldberg. That doesn't interest me. No, I want to see the two backbones of each company go against each other. I don't care if Sting is sixty one and Taker is fifty five. <laughs> I, I want to see I, that match. I don't think they care either, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, that's what Sting wants. He wants that one match against Taker. It should have happened but, 15 years ago. It should have. It really should have. But, I mean, Sting Sting carried WCW all the way to the end. I mean, the last match is Sting and Flair. Yeah. He went over and then became the flag bearer for TNA for many, many years. And I remember watching Survivor Series with you when he debuted, and that crow hit, and we both flipped the crap out. Ah! Ah! Yeah, I mean, I was like, what the crap? And then we got that piss-poor feud with him and Triple H. That was so forced. It was, and it didn't make any sense to have the NWO run out during that match, you know, because Sting and the NWO went together like oil and water. Yeah, he didn't even join. I mean, I guess he joined them in a stint brief because he had, like, his own. Yeah. But he never joined Hogan and all them. Like, No. He didn't join <laughs> blue NWO, red NWO, gray NWO, whatever NWO no. inception they had. He never joined them. No, he did not. And I, before we move on, I think – the match that really stood out, it's not even really a match. That stood out for me was when Jeff Hardy and TNA came to the ring, stone, drunk, whatever he was, and you just see Sting in the corner just going, what is your deal, bro? Correct. That was Victory Road. That was their big pay-per-view. Yep. And, and you know, and Sting like literally just hits the Scorpion death drop. And literally holds him down just to pin him. Because, you know, Jeff tries to kick out. Correct. And he's like, no. And he just takes it and he just says, effing BS. Yep. And then that's when the crowd starts chanting BS. And he is on the stage going, I know, right? Yep. I mean, that's your main event caliber guy. And you're pulling that stunt with him. Yeah. And I know Jeff Hardy's had his ups and downs. Yeah, but that, what a wasted chance! Yeah, and I and I don't even know if Sting was the one supposed to go over that night. Is the thing I, I I don't know, but that's what happens, unfortunately. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that match before we moved on because I think that's just that that's the one match that sticks inside my head. Oh yes, 
All right, who's your number three? Number three. This – the top three was tough. Yeah, I don't, same here. Because I don't have big-name guys really in the top three. Number three is Daniel Bryan. Okay. Because I loved – even though he got fired for choking out an announcer as part of the Justin Nexus, Roberts. <laughs> you know – I think if they actually cleared up what's allowed for PG and what's not, he would not have been fired. Correct. And it had to be brought back. Um, it starts with Team Hell No. And then, well, it actually starts with his first world title reign where he loses it to Sheamus in 18 seconds. Yep, the kiss of death by AJ. Yep. And then it goes on to Team Hell No, how him and Kane should have never worked. Ever. No, they should never have. They made it work. And then, you know, he goes on, you know, the Yes Movement, and he kind of gets screwed out of the Royal Rumble that year by, you know, a certain somebody. And, yeah. you know, the crowd just get, just loses it. And that's when they have that triple threat match with Batista. One of Batista, Triple And Randy, Randy, nope, Orton. Batista, Randy Orton. Yep. Because he beat tri- Triple H in the first match of that WrestleMania. That's right, because he had to beat Triple H to qualify for the Triple Threat match. Correct. And thank God for that yes movement, because that was the same pay-per-view the streak ended. Yeah, because that would have been, and... been terrible oh, God. for you. He... Yeah, it would have been, been a terrible pay-per-view. It would have been the worst pay-per-view. Yeah. But I, anyway, I just think, you know, Daniel Bryan and him retiring, I – I cried real tears because I was like, holy crap, this guy's actually gone. Me too. It was like Edge's retirement. Yeah. You know, Edge's retirement didn't really affect me because I was only watching for like a couple of years. Yep. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. He He's a great wrestler. He's a great, you know, person. And I remember my roommate at the time, Andrew, a huge Radar Superstar fan, bawling his eyes out. And I'm like, wow, wrestling really hits people. Yep, it's and it's just, our actual superstars or our superheroes. Yeah, and it just makes it made me realize like, wow, this is actually something worth following because just the emotional impact. And then Daniel Bryan retiring, I was like, Whew. all right. But him coming back, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really enjoyed his third stint. I guess you can call it. I haven't either because it's just rehash after rehash after rehash. I think yeah, in the. And the recycle movement was terrible. That's just trying to rekindle the yes movement. Yep. And no matter what he does, it's like the stone cold yes thing. Or what thing, sorry. The stone cold what thing. The yes will always follow him wherever he goes. Absolutely. And who would have thought us pointing our pointer fingers in the air and thrusting it forward saying yes would be one of the biggest celebrations across the country or the world. <laughs> would never have guessed that. Never. And if it is still used, even when it's not by him. Yeah. I mean, I plan on if I ever win as a head football coach. That's going to be my first thing. Start, start <laughs> everyone getting chanting yes. <laughs> uh, I, like your, I like your list so far. My number three is my favorite superstar of all time, The Undertaker. At three? At three. It pained me to put him at three. But I take the last 10 years when he's fought two matches a year. Okay, yeah. You're right on that And I look at that, I'm like, I mean, don't get me wrong, the legend has deserved that. But at the same time, it's tough. But, I mean, the Undertaker was the face of WWE, contrary to what anybody else. There was no Rock, Stone Cold. Taker was it. 
Yeah. And when he when he got buried alive and had to come back, I remember at it was the Iron Man match between Rock and Triple H with HBK as the special guest referee. And DX was in the ring, and all of a sudden you see these two little girls on a Titantron. And it says, Now back from the dead, he's here. And you got the the music hit, and this guy comes riding down the ring. It's like, who the oh crap, that's the Undertaker. But that was not the that was Mark Calloway. That was his actual persona. You're talking about he, American the American badass. badass, correct. That was when he first came at full leather trench coat, top to bottom. He kicked tail. And I thought that was the best reincarnation. And it was the, it was perfect for that time period. They're, they're, they would never have worked to have a dead man in that time period. No, because the Ruthless Aggression era, he was not fitting in as a dead man. No. So, I mean, the American Badass was perfect for that role. I mean, he's come back now, and he's doing stuff like Andre the Giant did. He put over Brock Lesnar. <sighs> didn't, didn't need to, and I'm still salty about that. That's a whole different conversation we can Correct. have. Correct. We'll talk about some of the biggest screw jobs later on in another <laughs> another podcast. There's nothing bigger I mean, than the one. <laughs> no. And and I did not think that his match with Roman Reigns was needed. No. I think I mean who cares if that's your yard? It's been other people's yard. It's still gonna be Taker's yard. Taker is the sheriff and the judge of that locker room. Yeah, because Taker It's never gonna be Roman Reigns. The one thing about Taker is all these people say, I will never leave. And they leave. Taker has been Stayed. there. Yeah. And he's done pretty much whatever Vince has asked him to do. Correct. I mean, he missed uh, WrestleMania last year for the first time since WrestleMania 2000. That's... And, he was, and he was hurt that year with a torn bicep, tricep, something. I mean... Think about that. That was 19 years. Wow. And he put on phenomenal matches. Most of them. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just flabbergasted that it was that long. Because yeah. that's like someone growing up from infant to almost an adult. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a sophomore in college. I mean, that's just his, his – I mean, November will be 30 years in WWE. He fought many years before that, too. I mean, his body has got to be hurting. You know what oh, it is. yeah. Has to be. Especially after what Goldberg did to him. Yeah, oh, God. And vice versa. That match wasn't necessary. No, no. one in the history of either company asked for that match. No, nobody. And I think, nope. I think an interesting podcast we can make would be who we think should have ended the streak. Correct. I think we. that's a definite... Definite one because there are so many guys. Yeah. So who's who's your number two? The number two guy for WWE and since 2010, since I've been watching, hasn't wrestled a match in going on four years, or it might be five years, and that is CM Punk. Okay, CM Punk. There's only a few certain ways to describe him. Pop Bomb, the best talker the WWE has had, minus The Miz and Stone Cold. And he's also, he, he never took any crap from anybody. 
And he, correct, you know, he had that terrible straight edge society that would have buried anybody else, which they're currently rehashing, which is stupid. Yep, it, it literally would have buried anybody else. I honestly believe that. And he comes back from it and turns into people still talk about him today. There's still chance yep. in arenas. That's who I wanted at number 30 this year. It should have been him at number 30 this year. But still, I don't, we got Seth Rollins. I don't yeah. think he's going to be. He'll come back eventually for something. And technically, he still has a rematch for the WWE Championship. Correct. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's kept up with that, but I have. I mean, he never got I mean, that there's rematch. A, Finn Balor needs one. Kevin Owens needs one. Bill Goldberg gets another one. It could. But I think that'd be a good way to get him back in. Yeah, you know, he'd be like, "I don't care about that, whatever the Universal SmackDown title, whichever one he decides to go for, as long as it's not at the yeah. Fiend's expense." Correct. I think it's just, I need my rematch. I'll put my belt against your belt since I'm still champion. Yeah, he could pull it that way. CM Punk would. I would love to see him back. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I hope it does. I mean, he's with Fox, which is yeah. WWE. So I think commentator, maybe. I think the writing's on the wall. Yeah, he's coming back at some point. Because, I mean, he can't go off his 0-2 UFC record and being told to never come back. Yeah, pretty much. So my number two is the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold. Ooh. Stone Cold, I mean, I watched a very minimal of him in ECW. That's all he had was very minimal. (laughs) Yeah, after he had been fired by WCW. And then watch him develop into Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Texas Rattlesnake. We, people still mark out on that glass shatters. It's one of the most iconic things ever. Correct. There's, I mean, you talk about sounds. You've got the Taker's gong, Stone Cold's glass breaking. And then you have also, you have If You Smell. Yes. But, I mean, Stone Cold is, was the face of the company. I mean, when he when he cut his famous Austin three sixteen promo, he wasn't even supposed to win that King of the Ring that year. It's supposed to be Triple H. It was, and then it's when the uh, curtain call called in Madison Square Garden. Yep. That happened. Yep. But I mean, they asked him. Well, that's the day. Right before, that's the day Kayfabe died. Yes, it did. But I mean, he beat Jake the Snake in the main event. Mm-hmm. And they asked, and he asked someone, "What did he say?" He said something about biblical verses. Yeah, he's, and that's yeah. when you got Austin three sixteen. You got your John three sixteen. Well, I got Austin three sixteen. So, so that I is just whipped, whipped your whipped. ass. And then we got the beer truck. We got the <laughs> Zamboni. We could go on and on. We watched him turn on the company in the invasion angle. Literally turn. I mean, no one would have ever thought that. But I mean, Stone Cold is right up there. With some of the greatest of all time. No, I did not have him on my Mount Rushmore. But I have a number two of the best since I've started watching. All right, who is your number one? <sighs> all right, so um, number one for me is a guy that's a current champion. It's a guy that has reinvented himself not once, not twice, but three times. And it's probably the scariest thing since The Undertaker to come into the WWE. And that is Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. 
Nice. That is my number one since 2010. Because he's went from Husky Harris God. to the Wyatt family. Now to this. Now, when The Fiend first came on, it took everything by storm. Yes. Him attacking legends and everything. And I mean, I literally got the WWE Network, that one, you know, three months Josh, no time. Yeah. Uh, to watch his first match and him coming yes. out with oh. his own head as a lantern of Bray Wyatt and him having total, hopefully he still has total creative control. He does. He does. He is Undertaker 2.0. Correct. And I think, you know, because I know the Undertaker or Mark, you know, put him under his wing and told him how to recreate himself and make something very memorable. And I don't think there's been a more memorable gimmick than The Fiend. That's, no, that's, not that's in a long his, time. Yeah, a long time. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can't even think of one outside of. Each. I mean, the. The last split personality we had was Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was Mick Foley or Cactus Jack. And it's so crazy that he can be Bray. And then in that split second, he turns into the Fiend. I mean, he won a match as Bray Wyatt, the sweater wearing Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. The, fire, the Firefly Funhouse guy. Correct. He won a squash match that way. And, Come on. Okay. And you know those little gimmicky segments which the Fire the Fireflies Funhouse started as. Yes. You know, it had those essence of creepiness into it. You're like, yes. What it, What is this? Why is there a vulture? Oh wait. It's like if Ted Bundy hosted Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah, and that's freaking <laughs> scary. Because I mean, yes. you, you look at it, it's like he has a buzzard. It's like, why does he have a buzzard? Oh, people are like, oh, wait. He used to follow the buzzards. Yep. Now he has one as a, a friend. Yeah. Now he has Abby the Witch, who, you know, Sister, Sister Abigail. Abigail. Which I'm kind of glad they really never truly revealed Sister Abigail, technically. I think it's coming, but... I don't think, that, I don't think they need to do it, period. I, I don't know. I think unless he gets out of control... It starts having, you know, in the ring where he's flipping between Bray and the Fiend. I think then you may see his sister Abigail. I don't want to see that. I think I, mean, I think it's good now. But I mean Bray Wyatt's little sister is in NXT. I know. And so is The Rock's daughter. So <laughs> Correct. But I'll never forget, you know, the, him attacking all these stars that came out. Him attacking Mick Foley with the mandible claw. It's when the torch was passed. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, that entrance. Everyone was wondering how creepy it would be. I don't think anyone knew how creepy it was actually going to be <laughs> sitting in no. those seats. I didn't. I've seen it live, and it, oh, it's terrifying. I can only imagine that one. And, you know, Husky Harris with, you know, NXT and getting, you know, kind of just thrown to the wayside. Yep. And then, you know, him coming in as Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt family and people chanting Husky. And him immediately yeah. saying, I don't know who you're talking about. He's dead. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then, you know, Bray Wyatt gets his title shot. And then gets, you know, pretty much thrown off. <clears throat> yep, gets stuck with Matt Hardy. <sighs> no one should be able to get stuck with Matt Hardy. And Not even <clears throat> Matt Hardy. Exactly. Unless he's broken. Um, yeah. And then he remakes himself as the fiend. 
I don't think any other character comes close. No, no. And I think that's why Bray is number one. When I first, when you even asked to do this, which was, which was kind of crazy, you know, because it was only like yesterday. And yeah, I was like, Bray Wyatt's my number one. Like, there's nobody else that has impacted wrestling going on into the future in the past 10 years. Because how many, how many of these people have left or are on the cusp of leaving or not even effective superstars anymore that I have listed on my top 10? Uh, so far, my active roster has one. <laughs> my active roster is one, two, three, maybe five people. Yeah. But – but the big reveal granted, is dead. Granted, one of mine is dead. Well, he can't be active <laughs> if he's dead. I'll tell you this. I've been to TNA live events, and someone behind me said, I hope Eddie Guerrero shows up. And Bacon and I both looked at him and go, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. We'll be running out of here. That's a zombie. <laughs> I mean, it was just incredible. People just don't know. I mean, no. you can cut this part out or whatever. I've, um, I remember going to a house show in Knoxville. And it was Kalisto versus Alberto Del Rio. This is how long yes. ago this has been. And someone goes, Eddie kicking. <laughs> None of them are Eddie Guerrero. None of them could hold no. Eddie's pants. Correct. And I heckled Alberto Del Rio the entire time. Because As you should because have. he's terrible and he injured he injures people. But yeah. anyway, the big reveal though, because who is your number one? My number one is the great one, The Rock. Okay. I mean, I have to. He's the most electrifying superstar in history. That Not is. just because he says so. No, it's the truth. It is the truth. I mean, he came in as Rocky Maivia, which was a terrible Jerry Curl gimmick. Then he got put with a nation of domination. And then he became the mega star yeah. that is The Rock. And no one expected him to. No, nobody would have ever expected it, but he was perfect. His, I mean, everyone growing up our age still can do the eyebrow raise. Doing it right now. And then you, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Everybody does it. You go to barbecues now with adults our age, that's what's said. Yep. What's on the grill? Can't you smell it cooking? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know anyone I could have put above The Rock. You're right. And you know, if I didn't if I didn't have to go back and relearn wrestling history, yep. Rock Stone Cold would be on this list, but since it was two thousand ten and onwards, I can't put the rock on there because he's only had like four matches. Yeah. And two of them were versus Cena. At WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. It was the main, the main event. Main event. <laughs> two years in a row. Oh, it's just the rock was so incredible. Even when he left at WrestleMania 20, it was a huge void left in the company that was filled by my number six and John Cena. Yeah. No one could have filled that void. But at the same time, even when he comes back, it is huge. One of the biggest pop. I mean, and he's absolutely. And he'll probably be coming back here soon. Just maybe as a special guest host or maybe as a as something. I could see maybe like a Survivor Series match. Team Team Rock versus Team Punk. I could dig that. I could too, because you know, that feud really never got no completed. 
No, I mean, you could do Punk come out and claim he's the best in the world, and then you could hear The Rock. I mean, that's the two biggest guys, talkers. But, I mean, their feud was very short-lived. It was. And, I mean, The Rock brought it via satellite. I mean, Punk had the shirt that said that. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. And, you know, he, The Rock had boots to asses, and Punk had knees to faces. Yeah, and I mean, it's incredible. It's insane. Like, those two alone could literally light another fire under WWE, not only as a wrestling fan, but as media outlets, as outside people. Sponsors would love that. Yes. I mean, yeah, they might have some TV 14 stuff going on, but Fox kind of wants them to go in more of a different direction, I think. Yeah, I believe. I believe so, too. All right, so that wraps up each one of our top 10 men's list in the company. I think, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, we have about a 15, 10-15 year gap, and we have incredible stars in both lists. Yeah, and I mean, so I know two ahead. of mine were kind of like stables, but I mean, you, the New Day is still around. They're probably like the longest tenured tag team oh, that's in, incredible. in a long time. You know, and I never would have thought throwing pancakes would get somebody over I, th- I, of course, I still think it's funny when that group formed. Xavier Woods' quote was, "We should not have to dance to get over." That's why people laugh at us now. Fast forward, what gets them famous? Dancing. So I think it came full circle. Poetic All justice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now for our main event of the podcast, our top women's wrestlers since we started watching. I have top ten. You have top five. You go ahead and just rattle off your ten, your ten through six or six All through right. ten. My number ten is Molly Holly. Ooh, forgot about that. I mean, she was great as Molly Holly, and then as Mighty Molly. I mean, there's. I mean, she was a hardcore champion. She hit Crash with a frying pan. <laughs> I mean, you can't get better than that. Number nine is Nikki Bella. Okay. As much as I hated the Diva Championship, she was the face of the Divas group. Yes. I mean, she had to have neck surgery because of her move the rack attack. She carried the company. Number eight, someone who I hope at some point comes back down the road, Paige. Yeah, but that's going to be a tricky road for her Correct. To come back. Her, her neck injury is so much more different than Daniel Bryan and Edge's. Yeah, I mean, and plus she may never right, wrestle again. No, and plus all the other stuff she's done outside. Of right. I mean, <laughs> hold on, I got I got another one of those on this list. No, too. Okay. <laughs> Number seven, Natalia Nightheart. She has been in the company for almost twenty years now. Held probably oh so many belts. And probably deserved a whole lot more. And she's never aged. No, you can't even tell. And you know, she has the most women's pay-per-view matches in WWE history. That's believable. I would, I mean, she's, the record's going to be broke because of who we've got now. And they're very, very young. But I would have never have thought it would have been Natalia. No, not me. No. My number six is Mrs. CM Punk, AJ Lee. I mean, yeah, I agree. I remember chanting. We went to a Raw, and I kept chanting during the Divas match, we want AJ, and her music hit. I thought, well, crap, maybe I ought to do this more often. 
I mean, I would. I think she's due back too. I would love to see her back in the company, which is a possibility. She's still wrestling independently. Yeah, I would love to see a Becky Lynch versus AJ Lee match. Ooh, that'd be really. Or cool. a Bailey versus AJ Lee. Yeah, it's going to be kind of funny you mention those two names together. <laughs> All right, Matt. So let's start off your list. Who's your number five? Number five is a tie between Nikki Bella, okay, and Kelly Kelly. Ooh, nice. Because 2010 to 2015-esque, you know, when it was the Divas division and there was like six women on the entire roster and karma didn't work (laughs) out. No. Um, Due to her own fault. Yes. And, you know, I could have put Caitlin on this list, but she literally lasted in the company for a year and a half. Yep. Um, Kelly Kelly was the face, along with Nikki Bella, of the Divas division. And of the and of the women's championship as well, absolutely. Like there was not a time and place you watched a Raw or SmackDown. They talk about a Divas match. Kelly Kelly probably was in it. Yep, and she's she's been rumored to have more matches in this year. So, so I mean, just them two alone carried a very weak. And everyone knows this. If they try to defend the Diva thing between 2010 and that Ugh. someone is like they didn't they just watched for eye candy they didn't watch for like content absolutely that's why i watched growing up because puppies exactly you know that's <laughs> one of jerry lawler's favorite things is walk walks on the beach and puppies and yeah <laughs> so i just think those two stand out and there's gonna be another one on this list that stood out a little bit more as we go on all right all right, my number five is the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix. Okay. I mean, she was the first woman in a Royal Rumble, right? No. No, nope. first she was the eliminate. third. She was first she was the first female ever to eliminate That's someone. And she eliminated not only someone, she eliminated the great Kali. That's right. But I mean, this woman was probably the strongest woman, minus another one on my list, in the entire business ever. Yeah, I mean... I mean, she can still go now. She was one of the final four in the Women's Rumble this year. Yeah, I mean, it's... And history just kind of leaves her in the dust. Like, I totally forgot about her. Yeah, I mean, she's very underrated, even though she was in the main event all the time. Yeah. All right, so who is your number four? Number four is Sasha Banks. Okay. Um, cause you know, it's, it was her flair, Bailey, Becky, you know, pushing this, Yep, pushing this new women's revolution, give divas a chance and by God, I'm glad they did because, you know, Sasha Banks is definitely one of the better, not currently, but when she first came around, you couldn't ask for a bigger, probably a bigger star for the women's division. Then Sasha and, Banks. And she, she may be the most gifted athlete. Yes. I mean, she was the John Cena of the women's division. Absolutely. Little girls were looking up to her. They had, like, little boss nucks, and, you know, they had her hair and, like, all that stuff. I mean. And I hate it for her that every time she won the belt on a pay-per-view, she, she lost, lost it. it on Raw yeah. to Charlotte. And I hate that. And that's the dumbest thing they could do. That killed every push she ever got. And every time, Absolutely. And every time someone got, she got it. 
we knew she was going to lose it. Yep. I don't know how what her longest title reign was, but I can tell you it wasn't very long. <laughs> no, I mean, even with her run with the tag belts, it was like 34 days. And that's when she threw her hissy fit and went home. Which she had every right. Absolutely. They should never have lost those belts. No. Definitely so, not to who they did. No. My number four is Ivory. No clue who that even is, so. Okay, Ivory was didn't probably she was not wrestling when you started watching. She was one of the original Glow superstars, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. She transitioned, and she was she was probably, I guess, the lack of better terms, she would have been like a Becky Lynch, but in the middle of all the bathing suits, swimsuits, lingerie oh, junk. Okay. She was incredibly gifted. Very, very smart, and always in the main event. Have you ever seen Right to Censor? No. Okay. Ivory was the female version. Essentially, it was the uh, company blasting everything. But Ivory was so over and arguably probably one of the most underrated women of all time. Okay. So who is is your number three? Number three is a tie. Okay. Between Bailey and AJ Lee. Okay. Like I said, it's funny you mentioned those two names together in a match, <laughs> possibly. Because Bailey, you know, she did her own thing. You know, she got popular. I mean, I don't know who else could have got over with wacky inflatable arm tube men. <laughs> got nobody. Nobody. <laughs> and I mean, I have, <clears throat> I have a uh, I'm a hugger T-shirt. I do. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I'm a proud owner of that. I'm a proud owner of a Adam Rose Exotic Express shirt. So this is this is also true. <laughs> God, Adam Rose, don't be a lemon, be a rosebud. Rosebud. He's a podcast of himself. But, Correct. You know Bailey, and you know her actually changing her image. I think has saved her career. In, Correct. In the WWE, because you know she was kind of getting tired, kind of how Becky is. Yep. Um, she was getting tired, and, you know, her coming out and stabbing her wacky inflatable on tube men shocked me, and I wasn't even oh, watching yeah. the pay-per-view, and she comes out with a different <laughs> haircut. Like, she cut the ponytail she had for, like, I think it was 10 years. She looked like Karen that would go argue at some restaurant's manager. I mean, I wouldn't mind if that Karen looked like that. I would argue all day. <laughs> Just being correct. honest. <laughs> but, You're correct. And but that's not the appeal to Bailey. It's not because she's attractive. It's because of her in ring product mm-hmm. and what she brings. Because she can bring a few. Like her and Sasha Speed was phenomenal. That Iron Women's match in NXT. Yes. NXT, I think it's maybe TakeOver Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best NXT matches of all time. Yeah. And I mean that's probably like the number one match NXT has had. And I know they've had like tons more, but like women's especially matches, in the that's number one. Yeah, like you can't even hold a candle. And then let's talk about AJ Lee. <laughs> AJ Lee, insane, crazy, psycho, goes from Daniel Bryan to CM Punk, who she was actually dating anyway, and she went to Kane. Oh to- yeah, Kane. Sorry, I forgot about that whole <laughs> thing. Jeez. Um, yeah, but. 
her just impact in of itself, because she was caught in that middle where the divas were kind of getting serious, but still weren't taken serious. If I kind of wish she was still around for this whole women's revolution. Correct. Because she would be up top. I don't, unfortunately she'd get the Sasha Banks treatment, but her gimmick alone was great because during her time, you still had Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Oh. That still makes your ears bleed. Anytime, not even her saying it. Anytime I hear excuse me, even at work, I always like, think of Vicky Guerrero. I'm like, oh my God. And that just tells you the impact of Vicky Guerrero yes. alone. But AJ Lee, just her gimmick alone, she got over with that. And she could just bring it right on back. She don't even have to change. She could just bring the crazy chick phenom back, and we would fall back in love with her in milliseconds. Absolutely. So my number three is Lita. Ooh, okay. So I put Lita at number three. I think didn't think she deserved to leapfrog my number one and two. But, I mean, this woman started out with S.A. Rios. On a episode of Sunday Night Heat, we had no clue who he was, but here set this fiery redhead with him. And her first moonsault off the top rope, people were sold. They wanted Lita. Mm-hmm. I mean, and she's been with so many people. Yeah. Matt Hardy, Edge, Kane. She had a weird thing with Snitsky. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I remember back. But I mean, Ugh. Lita was. Huge, isn't? I know this is probably off top, but isn't Lita? And then they then Edge celebrate his championship by like, oh yes, yeah, that was the rated R super the, yeah, the uh, showdown in the middle yeah, of the ring. Okay, I was making sure that was Lita. Oh yeah, it was Lita. And didn't like, and wasn't isn't Matt wasn't Matt Hardy and Lita together? Yes, in real at that life, point, yes, like yeah, at life. that point they were, and that kind of tore them apart. Even though Edge really wasn't interested, no, yeah. But, I mean, Lita was able to transform herself. And due to neck problems, like a lot of the people on both of our lists, yes. <laughs> had to retire. But she's made comebacks. And it's not been a long comeback, but it's just enough to give the fans a taste of what they miss. And like a bunch of people on our list, she probably has one years more, left. Yeah. One more match, two more matches. She has, like you said, years. Yeah. All right, who is your number two? Number two. Is just because it's from 2010, because I, yep. I had to sift through the Alicia Foxes. Yeah. Oh, my God. All those matches on Raw of Alicia Fox that we had to ignore. <laughs> um, yep. Oh, this ain't, I'm just queasy for saying her name. Um, <laughs> not because of who she was, but just her character. Um. It's still another current gen super or superstar in Becky Lynch, even though her gimmick has been tired. Yes, it has grown. It's grown stale. But I think if she goes away, which I think she will later on this year, yeah, she'll go away and come back. And I mean, when you have Seth Rollins to go home to, I mean, it's, it's very true, you know. And he has her to go home to, so it's not like it's a bad thing. It's a win-win. Situation. Yeah, it's a win-win. And you know, Becky Lynch. Probably one like the four horsemen of the women's revolution. Pretty much, she's there. Yep, and just her contributions alone to actually getting respect to 
women in the WWE instead of them getting looked at as, you know, sex dolls. I mean, that's pretty much what they were put forth for you're, you're so correct. long. I mean, I mean, I understand, like, you know, that's what people think men want and stuff like that. No, we just want good product on the TV. At, absolutely. That's why we watch football and baseball. and without, without Becky Lynch and the rest of those that came up, women's matches would no longer be pee breaks. I mean, they they were they still would they be. were pee yeah they were pee breaks for so long yeah I remember going and watching all these pay per views in Knoxville at the B Dubs that's no longer there next to the UT campus yep and you know every time a Divas match come on everyone in there just be like oh, pee break unless it was yep. like AJ Lee because you you're interested but if it was like Alicia Fox versus Brie Bella for yeah. <laughs> for the fiftieth time. Yeah, I'm just like there is no, there's no reason to care about this. <laughs> no. All right. So my number two is polar opposite, but at the same time, relatively the same person. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. My number two is China. I can I completely understand. The ninth wonder of the world. Yeah, and I mean, she transcended. She would be the megastar right now. We wouldn't have Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, no. Sasha without China. No. Minus the stuff she did when she left the company. I'm excluding all that. Yeah, we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> no. But she was she was so incredible. She didn't only just fight women. No. She fought the men as well. She was in matches with Chris Jericho, Jeff Jarrett. She won the corporate Royal Rumble to make herself number thirty in that year's Royal Rumble. She was the first woman ever to enter the Rumble. I mean, and there was a talk at that point to put the world heavyweight title on China. Never happened. It should have. How that would have changed everything. Correct. We would have had a women's revolution 20 years before we did. Yep. Well, but unfortunately, well one too. and Vince didn't pull the trigger. He didn't want to. It, such a such an awful thing, but China has to be number two on my list because she does not deserve to be number one. But I remember watching her against Ivory at WrestleMania when she breaks her neck and finishes the match. She was a male version of Stone Cold. Yeah, absolutely. And she never had to say a word. No. She could just come out, kick her tail, go home. And that's all she had to do. Absolutely. She was perfect for DX. Like her talking and stuff was, you know, she was better later on in yeah. her career. I mean, but her early stuff, no. no. Like, you know, when she was with DX and everything. But anyway, side point. So who is your number one? Well, unfortunately, you know, we do talk trash about her. But the number one, just because since 2010, another one of those four horsemen of the women's revolution, it has to be Charlotte. Okay. She's my number one. Like, it was tough to put her over Becky. But when you go back and let's say in 10 years, when she's probably gone from the company and Rick is somehow still alive, (laughs) (laughs) and we look back, when we look at the women's revolution, and hopefully it hasn't regressed, I I don't think Hunter would let that happen. But, no. 
But when we go back and look, we're going to remember Bailey. We're going to remember Sasha. We're going to remember Becky. Yep. But what we really will remember is that next generation superstar that is Charlotte. I mean, I know her name carries a lot of flair, pun intended. Yep. But I'm Chung. <laughs> but I just think when you look back, she's going to be the one that's most memorable. And not just because of the un- unwarranted pushes, not because of anything like that, but when you think women's revolution, you think Charlotte Flair. There you go. So, I mean, my number one is essentially the same person as yours. When you think of an era, the 90s and stuff, early 2000s, what female do you think of? Honestly, man, I couldn't really tell you. I mean, I, Trish Stratus. Trish Strat, yep. That is my number one. She was so incredibly over. I mean, she debuted as a manager for Test and Albert. Oh, gosh. I remember her wearing knee-high boots, a mini skirt, and a tight tank top and a cowboy hat. That was my childhood, I said. That was my uh, teenage years. Yeah. And then, and then she developed into the best female star of all time. Yeah. She didn't need the belt all time to go with it. No. But her and Lita were the first female main event of a Monday Night Raw. And they tore the building down. Lita beat Trish in her final, and Trish's final match on Raw. She's come back since then, but that's how most of it goes. But there's no one, the same thing with your reasoning for Flair. You think of that era, you think of Trish. Yeah, I do now that you mentioned I mean, name. You, you look, you go, you put Trish and Lita, they're, they're a combo deal. A lot like Charlotte and Becky. Conveniently as well, one's a blonde, one's a redhead. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> So, in case you're a female wrestler listening to this, dye your hair blonde or red. You'll be seems to work well, very well. <laughs> I mean those those two transcend. I mean they're bookends of the diva revolution. One fought before, one fought afterwards. There was no in between. There was I don't think there's anyone in that divas era that could top either one of those. No. I mean, I'm in full agreement with you on that. Because now that you've, now that you look, got me thinking of Trish Stratus. I mean, back when I would play the wrestling games with my cousin on N64 and on the original PlayStation and all that. Yeah. You know, there wasn't very many divas. But I mean, nope. one that usually got featured was Trish Stratus. And when you go back and look at her, no one could hold, uh, hold her torch. Absolutely correct. So, all right. Do you have any final words for this? Both of these lists were phenomenal. They were. I mean, I I don't know if I cheated a little bit when my top ten also included, you know, two three man bands. Um, <laughs> not that one. Uh, no. <laughs> but you know, it's just from watching for only ten years, which makes me feel really old. <laughs> Makes me realize I'm pushing thirty. And uh, tell me about it. I'm knocking on the doorstep. You're almost there. Uh, yeah, I know. But it just makes you realize when you go back and you make these lists, you really you rank them due to the impact they had on you, yes. and on the company. You don't look back and oh, well, they had a great run here for six months. 
No, you go back and you look at it and you're like, holy cow, these people did this for the company and are going to push it. To they the were future. the flag bearer. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's why Bray Wyatt's number one because he, if they keep going and it doesn't get stale, which I don't think Bray will let it get stale, he is the flag bearer, I think, for 20 plus years. Oh, you're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. He is the new taker. Yeah, I mean that's what uh, when he when he came out with that fiend gimmick, I was like, <clears throat> no one's been this hot in a debut since probably Taker. It hasn't been that dark. Yes, people sat in silence. I mean, people were horrified. I mean, this dude's carrying his own head as a lantern. Correct. <laughs> that freaked me out. You know, not, it, st- it still gives me nightmares. I'm almost 30 years old. I mean, I remember, I'm doing it right now. I remember when he was part of the Wyatt family. And you, yep. you turn on your flashlight on your phone. I thought, I, I have the sheep mask still. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I love the Wyatt family. I love their vignettes. I loved the broken Bray Wyatt. It was great. But The Fiend is the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. And if this fails, which I don't think it will. If it fails, I don't know where he could go from it. Because, I mean, he's literally made... He's literally made the most memorable superstar probably since, like, Cena, Rock. He's going to end up on, in the next 20 years, he'll be on somebody's list of their Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and he's going to... As long as he stays like this. Yes. And he, if he stays like this, he'll be a Hall of Famer. Absolutely no question. Oh, absolutely. Correct. No doubt Hall of Fame. I mean, he's not going to be like a Drew Carey Hall of Fame. Oh, no. Or our president. <laughs> our president's in the Hall of Fame, too. I know. He's the only president to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> correct. <laughs> and to shave Vince McMahon's head. Absolutely and, correct. And to hire his wife as like a housing director. But. Yep. So, well, we... Uh... We just finished up both of our lists. I think both lists were great. I think it showed how much different era we both grew up in. Oh, incredibly. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting here looking at my list. I have uh, that are currently active wrestlers. AJ Styles is my only man, and Natalia is my only female. Active. Two out of 20 of mine are active full-time wrestlers. That's crazy to think about. And I've been watching for almost 25 years now. Now, granted, some of mine come back sporadically, but full-time stars, I have two. Which, which is incredible. I mean, you, I don't think I don't think you know you growing up, you you'd be like, oh man, these people are gonna be around forever. And then you know, as you get older, you realize the toll that this company takes on you. Any sport does. Absolutely. Because you know, when you're little, you immortalize these people. And, you know, you're like, holy cow, I want to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what other – that's probably why I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up. Like, I don't know if a lot of people know this. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up. I think it's because my dumb little self and my brother would be jumping off the couch with elbows and everything else, probably hurting That's ourselves. what me and my little brothers did. See, so <laughs> – I mean, my youngest brother, Bacon, little cuz, as he calls himself, has stitches because I powerbombed him into a chair and he fell out and hit a table. Which is hilarious. <laughs> That's why he has stitches, part of them. 
Well, he's had him three times. And also, one of them was me. And also, people don't know <laughs> the size difference between you and your brother. I mean, yeah, it would be like Rikishi getting taken down by Spike Dudley. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up for tonight. We will be back on at some point this weekend discussing another women our women's Mount Rushmore. Yep. So join us then. So, Matt, you want to say goodbye? Goodbye, Matt. All right. We'll talk to you all later. Thank you for listening to When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. I want to thank you all for listening and tuning into another episode of When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. You just listened to Matty Ice and myself discuss our top 10 men and women's wrestlers since we started watching the business. Both of us started in different generations of wrestling, and both of us have very different lists. So I hope you thoroughly enjoyed it. Join us again this weekend as we all, the four beasts of wrestling on the Big Cuz Podcast, discuss our women's Mount Rushmore of wrestling. So join us for that. Thank you all again for listening. Love all y'all.